0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker.
1: And I'm Jennifer Schott, budget and appropriations reporter.
0: And today we are going to talk about the perilous condition of a very important confirmation fight. Uh, President Biden's choice to lead the Office of Management and Budget, Neera Tanden, and is now skating on very thin ice in the Senate, and it's looking increasingly like she is not going to make it. She's famous, of course, for having hurled a lot of insults on Twitter against some key uh, senators, mostly Republicans, but also against the Senate budget chairman, Bernie Sanders, causing problems. And when you hurl a lot of insults, Jen, it makes it harder to get confirmed.
1: Right. And this is one of the things that Neera Tandon and the Biden administration has been aware of for a few months now. When the Biden transition team uh, first nominated Neera Tanden, um last November, Republicans almost uniformly in the, sen- in the Senate came out and said that they were a little bit surprised by him picking her as a nominee for the Office of Management and Budget Director role. This is someone who works um, pretty uniformly with Republicans and Democrats to try to advance a White House's uh, sort of fiscal policy goals. They also have a pretty big role in government regulations as well. And so this is someone who... You know, in general, members of Congress want to be a bit more of a consensus pick. And so we've known that Republicans are most likely uniformly not going to support her nomination for a few months now. The West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin released a statement on Friday saying that he could not support her nomination for OMB director. Um, and that has really sort of set off a bit of a scramble for votes behind the scenes um, in order to try to get her confirmed, uh, but sort of parallel to that, some um, new names or I guess, old names from the transition are now being floated as um, possible nominees should the Biden administration need to uh, pull back her nomination?
0: Uh, we should say, I mean, the striking thing here is, for one thing, Nera Tandon has been a longtime democratic policy hand. This is not really a fight about policy. This is a fight about about her personal style uh, and and sort of the insults that she was quick to level uh, on Twitter. Um, She would be the first uh, woman of South Asian descent to head the Office of Management and Budget. Um, Biden has sought to make his cabinet more diverse. This was a key position to fill to help do that. Uh, so they were, he had a lot riding on this nomination, and it seems to be blowing up in his face now um, because of her abrasive style. She, you know, From recent years, she was heading the Center for American Progress, a liberal think tank. And in that position, of course, she felt very free to sort of mouth off and espouse opinions on on how she saw things. And so senators came under a lot of heavy fire. Uh, during that time, and now she's paying the price for it, it seems like. And certainly the Joe Manchin statement on, on Friday felt like a death blow because now, I mean, Manchin is a Democrat, and they, there's only 50 Democrats in this 50-50 Senate, and to lose Manchin really does mean that, that it's in jeopardy because now they would have to pick up at least one Republican vote and it doesn't seem like it's easy to find that, does it?
1: Not particularly at this point in time. So just a little bit of a sampling of some of the tweets that Neera Tandon sent um, during the past several years. Uh, she referred to uh, Maine's Susan Collins as, quote, the worst. Um, she called Arkansas's Tom Cotton a fraud. Um, she said that vampires have more heart than Texas's Senator Ted Cruz. Um, And she referred to Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell as both Voldemort uh, and Moscow Mitch. And so this is just a sampling of some of the things that she has said about Republican lawmakers previously on social media. Um, And this came up both during her um, Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs confirmation hearing and during her Senate Budget Committee confirmation hearing. Uh, She apologized repeatedly during those hearings for these past tweets, uh, many of which um, are deleted now, which is another issue that Republicans are raising in terms of uh, concerns that she's trying to hide her past social media criticism and um, statements of that nature, um, and that this would be an issue for transparency. Um, But in addition to this, We've heard from Republicans and Democrats that they do have some concerns about the type of donations that the Center for American Progress received while Tandon was leading it. This is something we heard from uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley on, as well as budget chairman Bernie Sanders on. They both expressed concerns that uh, the Center for American Progress uh, receiving millions of dollars from really large organizations Um, such as Google, J.P. Morgan, and others, um, might influence her decision-making or might give those corporations sort of special access to her if she were to be confirmed as OMB director. And we still don't know if Senate Budget Chairman Bernie Sanders has received adequate assurances, in his opinion, from Tandon that she won't be influenced um, by these sort of corporate interests Uh, you know, in terms of what policy issues OMB might take up if she's confirmed and how they may be able to potentially influence uh, policymaking at OMB if she's confirmed. So that is one of the areas, aside from her social media criticism, um, that we have heard concerns from lawmakers on.
0: Yeah. Tannen, of course, and and, uh, says, of course, that she that money would play no role in this. That that uh, the Center for American Progress has taken uh, a lot of positions to rein in the power of corporate interests, and that corporate money is a very small fraction of the money that they receive. So of course she she claims no reason for a conflict there. But underlying all that, of course, is the very frosty relation she's had with Bernie Sanders, who is now chairman of the Budget Committee, and this goes back to the 2016 campaign when she was working on the Hillary Clinton campaign and uh, Sanders of course was, was, was fighting Hillary for the, for the nomination. And, and at, at her, at her confirmation hearing, Sanders even scolded Tandon uh, for all these, the quote, vicious attacks that, that she made against him. Uh, and of course Tandon has sought to apologize, but but there's some bad blood there that's going to be hard to overcome on top of all of the attacks she leveled against Republicans. So she really uh, put herself in an an awkward position here as she tries to say that she's turned over a new leaf and her her approach to social media has now changed and she deleted her tweets and uh, she'll, she'll make extra efforts to prove she can work in a bipartisan way. But of course, that just comes off as empty words to a lot of Republicans who... You know who bore the brunt of her attacks and and just see no way to to work with her. Uh, it does seem like it's going to sink it. I mean, we had one Republican after another uh, come out in recent days saying they weren't gonna they weren't gonna support her, including Rob Portman, the former OMB director, who who does have a, a sort of bipartisan reputation, and certainly the pivotal uh, who a pivotal swing vote often is Susan Collins of Maine. And, and even Collins said she's a, a no vote on this. And of course, she had been attacked by Tandon. So it's really now hard to see where they find a, a lone Republican or two willing to cross the aisle and vote for her. I think the only hope is Alaska's Lisa Murkowski, who very much like Collins has a reputation for, for being very bipartisan. But it's hard for me to see, Jen, what motivation at this point even Murkowski has um, to do Biden a favor here and vote for Tandon.
1: Yeah, and um, Tandon might not just need one Republican vote to offset losing Joe Manchin. We still haven't heard from Arizona's Kristen Sinema about whether or not she plans to support Tandon's nomination uh, for OMB director. And so that's going to be another thing that. Uh, reporters are going to be sort of very closely checking in on in the next few days, as will members of the Biden administration is where Alaska GOP Senator Lisa Murkowski is, as well as where some of these more moderate Democrats are. Because if you start to see other Democrats come out in opposition to her nomination, uh, it's really going to sort of require the White House to pull her back and put someone else forward for that role. But I think another really important question here is if the White House, the Biden administration can find enough votes to confirm Tannen as OMB director is what type of um, legislation she can really work with lawmakers on. This is one of the things we've heard from President Biden himself time and time again is that he really wants to work with Republicans on legislative policy and I don't really see how Nira Tandon could kind of get quickly moving on working with Republicans on these policy issues if they don't feel like they can trust her. And so that's going to be another one of the things that the Biden administration needs to sort of have conversations about in the days ahead as they as they try to continue potentially lobbying for votes for her in the Senate um, or figuring out whether or not to pull her nomination. For now, the White House is remaining pretty strongly behind Tandon. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Monday, referred to Tandon as a, quote, brilliant policy expert um, and said the Biden administration does not agree with these senators that she isn't qualified for the role and that the White House is, quote, working the phones on her confirmation. So as of now, the White House seems pretty confident they can get her confirmed, but if they can accomplish that, how exactly Tandon could work successfully as OMB director will be a really important question in the coming months and years.
0: Right, and that was Manchin's key reason for opposing her. Is he doesn't you know Mansion? Here's a guy who represents a Trump state of West Virginia, who who stresses over even though he's a Democrat, he's he he, he feels that strong need to have bipartisan. Uh, working relations that are civil, and and he came out and said she would have a toxic and detrimental impact on this working relationship between members of Congress and OMB, and so he can't support her. So this thing does not look very hopeful right now. If they have to pull Tandon's nomination, Jen, is there anyone waiting in the wings that could that that Biden can turn to?
1: So, there are a couple people that the Biden administration was originally vetting for the OMB director role. And so they could go back to that list um, and consider one of those individuals. Um, there's also a little bit of speculation that the nominee for uh, deputy OMB director, Shalanda Young, um, the current clerk and staff director for the House Appropriations Committee, um, under Um, you know, former Appropriations Chairwoman Nita Lowy, um, she's been nominated for the role of deputy. And so there is some speculation that the Biden administration could just say, could just sort of put her forward as the role for director instead of deputy director. Um, But there's no official decisions um, being made at this time, because so far officially, the White House is still supportive of Tandon.
0: Yeah. So that seems that's an option. And then the other name you keep hearing about is Gene Sperling, who was the National Economic Council director in the back in the Clinton administration, who would certainly be an experienced hand on this. But some progressives, I think, feel he's not progressive enough. And, and there is the phenomenon as, as Biden tries to diversify his cabinet, does he turn to another white guy uh, in picking Sperling? So that's an issue. Um, so I don't know, those those are two options though, that, 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 uh, are in the mix. I think if, if, if Tandon has to be pulled back, um, but right now the white house is sticking with her, uh, and I guess it's not over till it's over and they're still going to scramble and see if they can find a lone Republican or two, um, willing, willing to do them a favor. So I think. We're gonna see. I mean, the, the and now the uh we there are two Senate committees are supposed to meet on Wednesday uh, to take up her nomination. She they share jurisdiction on this. The Senate Budget Committee under Bernie Sanders and Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. Uh both will take up her, both will vote on her confirmation. And chances are in committee she gets through on party-line votes, and the is gonna be what happens if and when it reaches the Senate floor, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we do expect the vast majority of Democrats on those two committees to support Tandon's nomination. Um, There's still a little bit of uncertainty around Budget Chairman Bernie Sanders. Um, He is supposed to be meeting with Tandon early this week um, to sort of follow up on some issues with her. Um, Ultimately, I think he sort of has to support her nomination, um, unless we see several other Democrats pull their support um, or say that they vote against her confirmation ahead of that. um, I think he sort of has to go along with the party there, but we still haven't seen that for sure yet from him. So that's something a lot of people are very interested in right now.
0: Okay, so we are going to be following this this week and see see what happens with Neera Tanden, uh, and we will be watching it closely for you. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is CQpodcast, one word, at CQRollCall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker.
1: And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter.
0: You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.